Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast we bring you each and every day on the Dynamo Podcast Network. Head over to YouTube, smash that subscribe and bell notification button. Audio versions of the show are available through Spotify. And joining me tonight, jumping on to discuss the Ole error. Is it over or what is in store? What is coming? Darren, how are we doing, my man? I'm all good, brother. How are you? Not too bad at all. It's fair to uh, yeah, say. Probably a bit better than I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe not as happy, you know, because I don't want to see him go. <laughs> well, you know? as the as the Liverpool fans sang leaving all traffic, all he's at the wheel, at the wheel, all he's at the wheel. Yeah. And I thought, fuck, this is rough. This is one of these moments where if he is shown the door that most of the footballing world will be as upset nearly as the, more so than the United fans. Plenty, yeah. plenty of visit managers will be fucking disappointed, I can tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what, I mean, what's your feeling overall? I mean, be, I mean, before we get into some of the nitty-gritty of the stuff that's been coming out, a lot of it is kind of media bullshit. Some of it is relevant and real. But, I mean, you know... There was a massive desire in the fan base, no doubt, for this man to succeed. He is a club legend, there's no doubt about it. No one forgets 99 and what happened. And, and plus, I remember back then as well, what a super sub he was. And many times did he come off the bench and score goals without a shadow of a doubt. He absolutely loves Man United, the club, without a shadow of a doubt. Doesn't like Liverpool very much, as we know from his media duties and stuff like that. And that's not neither here nor there. But, I mean, what's your, your overall feeling when he came in? I mean, were you expecting something bigger? Was he a stopgap to calm things down after the Jose error? Um, what was your overall feeling? Um, I suppose my first feeling was just, you know, take a deep breath. He's gone. Because Jose was an absolute cancer at Man United. He really, really was. Um the way he left the club and the way he left the players, you know, obviously there was the personal attacks on many of the players in the in the squad. Yeah. Um, he was just, he had to go. And I think every United fan realised at that stage, nothing changes until this guy leaves. Um, and it was great to see the back of Jose and it was a big sigh of relief and it was kind of like getting that monkey off your back, so to speak. Um, seeing him leave, Ollie came in, and I think as United fans, like like you said, he's he's a United club legend, and he was involved in that treble winning season, and mm. he always seemed to want to do what was best for the club and best for United, mm. which was great. It was exactly what we 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 wanted and we needed at that stage, you know. Um, he showed his desire to try and do things maybe the United way and to try and play younger players and play an attacking brand of football and do things like this, you know. Um. But I think if you'd have told me he was going to be here, you know, two and a half years later, and we hadn't lifted a trophy, I would have been very, very surprised. Um, I don't believe the board ever saw him as the man to take us to the next level. Um, I do believe it was a stopgap. I mean, he came in, and, and, and I suppose they were looking at bringing him in till the end of the season. Um, obviously the, the run of games we went on and the wins we picked up and then obviously the the victory at PSG you know away is enough to maybe get him the job I, I, 
I think I recall Rio Ferdinand with BT Sports saying, you know, give him the job, give him the contract now, give him however much he wants. And, and it was as if there was some sort of messiah born in Old Trafford, you know, um, with Ollie there. Mm. Is it fair to say, I've looked at the contracts that have come his way, is it fair to say that the club kind of jumped the gun a little bit at times? I think they jumped the gun that time. And I think they've jumped the gun this time because, I mean, he only got a new contract, I think, in July. Um, I think I think they jumped the gun slightly, but I do also think there was a landslide of support for Ollie from United fans. Um, and this is something I talk about quite a lot, to be honest with you, man. And this is where you've got to take emotion out of it when you're dealing with football. Um and when, you're de- and when you're making these sort of decisions, you've got to say, right, I've got to be strong enough to, to do what's right here rather than what, what's emotionally right or what mm. people want me to feel is right. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Because emotion is massive in football. And obviously, as fans, this is, this, is, this is our game and this is our lives. And, you know, we're very, very, you know, we like to be heard. I mean, like, we might not be doing things like this now if we didn't feel like someone wanted to hear something somewhere type thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and views and opinions and, and, and that's all fine and dandy but I think from the United point of view the problem is our board seem to be and our owners seem to be swayed at times um, or influenced maybe let's call it you know you see the, the damage that the fans did in Old Trafford last year the, the protest against Liverpool yes, having yeah. the game called off mm. and it got a reaction yeah. And it got probably a reaction that the fans wanted. That there's going to be an investment now into the stadium. That there was an investment into the team over the summer. That there was, you know, these these things were were fixed or swept under the carpet, so to speak. And yeah. um, you know, and, and that's that can be disappointing from my point of view. Um, it wouldn't be so easy to forget things, you know. Um, I, I don't believe again I don't believe I'm as fickle as the normal football fan you know um, but yeah I think I think there was that landslide of emotion that led to him being appointed and and obviously we'd been through a couple of managers and things hadn't worked so maybe the board were thinking well you know what at least if we give them what they want they can turn around and blame us on it because the board were to blame for Jose and the board were to blame for, for Louis van Gaal and the board was to blame for David Moyes. Well, if you give the fans what they want, the board can't be to blame, so to speak, can they? Yeah, it's kind of... I looked at the start of this season and if you take it in kind of isolation, and when I looked at it, United fans were obviously losing their mind. Varane came in, Sancho came in. You know, Ronaldo came in, kind of came out of nowhere, really. I know there'd been rumblings that a big signing might happen and all the all this hysteria of he might be going to City, which was never going to happen, and he ended up at United and all. And I kind of looked at it and I went, Is this guy has has this guy got the pedigree and the CV and and the the nouse about him to manage these guys with the like you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, who's arguably the best player that ever kicked the football arguments yeah. back and forward. Is this the man who can stand in front of him and stare him down when he's not right and go, you're on the bench. And he's going to take that and go, you're telling me I'm on the bench. Do you know who you're talking to kind of thing and all? And that kind of respect level that's needed. You know I don't I mean? know if you, 
I don't know if you saw the tweet that McGregor put out. Um, and I'm I'm not a fan of McGregor, mm. but in any way, shape, or form, I think he's an absolute dope. If I'm honest with you, mm. um, if you're listening, sorry about that, Connor, you're a dope. Um, but he put out a tweet, and and it was basically he spoke about how Ollie being a peer of the likes of Ronaldo, and and a peer of some of these other guys, meant it was very very difficult for him to be in a position of respect. Like when Ronaldo was ripping it up at Old Trafford, all he was sitting on the bench. Mm. You know, and, and, and for, for Ronaldo then to look at the likes of Ali and say, well, yeah, I really respect him for everything he's done. Even though when I was here the first time and I was setting the world alight, he was on the bench or he was in the treatment room. Mm. And, and there's a lot of truth to it, to be honest with you. Um, you might be able to provide the, the tweet when this goes out, you know. Yeah. maybe edited in or something but it was mm. it made perfect sense to me um, when I read it I do believe there's massive massive egos in that you know your dressing room um, you know most of all Ronaldo uh, Pogba um, you know Bruno I think there's I think there's a lot of egos in there you know you've got Jesse and obviously Jesse's a big he's a, he's a United fan he's he, born and bred Manchester and stuff like that and you know but but there's a little bit about Jesse you know where he kind of feels like sometimes he's bigger than he is and, and Marcus and there's a lot of good guys but there's a lot of egos and there's a lot going on at the club mm. in general Um, like even going forward you know there's ideas of where you go with this and, and who you bring in next like for me I have two candidates that I'd like to see but then there's also a third candidate who I kind of think makes sense on another level completely, yeah? Um, and we'll go through them, obviously, in a couple of minutes. Mm. I'm not going to give any of the game away just yet. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I suppose before we get into them, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sunday was obviously a very big arrow that was shot across the bow, if you like, in terms of... And I don't think it was necessarily a gulf in talent, if you know what I mean, because I think there's a oh. lot of talent in that United team and they've shown the time and time again. Absolutely. I think the gulf was shown directly in the management of the talent. So Sunday's result, although it might be a reflection of the players that they just didn't show up and some of them had poor performances, but really the spotlight shone on Ollie and on the coaching staff and then it reflected up into the owners and various other things like that. And if you look at the last three days for the United fan, that really has become a shift fest in terms of a lot of stuff is coming out now, whether it's true or not, who knows, but things like, you know, like player revolts and, you know, getting into it on training pitches and, you know, last minute information changes and, you know, you hear the story of Cavani was going on and Ollie was talking about a 4-4-2 and he was going, you do realise Pogba's just being sent off. And, you know, we don't know how true this stuff is. But, you know, well, when this Cavani thing happens, was, it escalates. Yeah, Cavani was was stripped and ready to come on mm. before Pogba got sent off. Mm. So so if the change was going to be made and they were going to play 4-4-2, that's, you know what I mean? That's fine and dandy, play mm. two up top. You know, I was all for playing two up top. I actually called that before yeah. the game. That's what I wanted to see because yeah. I'd seen what the two up front, what the two up top had 
caused you guys, you know, against Brentford and stuff like mm. that. And that's why I felt like we should have been going that work rate of Cavani with the with the kind of finishing ability of Ronaldo. You know what I mean? I think mm. you've got a good blend there. Um, but it, it didn't happen. Um, you know, I know obviously Pogba's come down, come out and he's he's ripped into the sun, hasn't he? About yeah. you know them talking absolute utter shite. But I mean, as a Liverpool fan, you understand the shite that red tops like that talk. So that's nothing new to us. Um, that there's a lot of this is bullshit. Um, it's absolute bullshit. It's central. Um, and I mean, we've said it before. Paper doesn't refuse ink, mm. and you know they're they're always looking for this sort of clickbait and this shit. You know, um, and I think. They're looking to escalate. Of course they are. <clears throat> and I mean, the British media are probably the worst in the world for this. You know, like when they when they get their daggers out for you, that's the end of you. You're not getting out of there alive. Um, and, and that's that's ultimately what's going to happen with Ollie here, what? I imagine. Um, mm. it, I think it's it's it, the media have, have put this forward. You know, now again, for a long time, the media put forward that the devil in this was the Glazers. And as we've spoken about on previous shows and, and on podcasts, you know, they're maybe not the devils that they're made out to be all the time, especially when you look at the investment that's been made in the club um, and in the playing staff and, you know, and in the, the, um, in the coaching and stuff like that, you know, they've, they've spent an awful lot of money and, and I know they talk about the dividends and stuff like that. And again, it's, it's, it's under 5% what they're taking out of the club. Now, again, as a businessman, would you do it for less than 5%? Sorry, not today, pal. We wouldn't do it for 5%. Not even slightly, yeah. man. What What about, I mean, I mean, obviously, Ollie has gone in there and he was like kind of, he reminds me a little bit like that relationship between Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. He kind of was that shield, wasn't he, between, between the fans and between the board. Um, and, and often was that sounding board. But the interesting thing this week now, like, I mean, obviously the fans have gone on a toy ride about the Glaziers and how they took over the club on debt and all this kind of thing and, you know, selling shares and taking money out of the business and the other stuff that they weren't even at the game the other day. They were off trying to bind it by a cricket team that didn't go through in the end and all this kind of stuff. But look, that's what businessmen do. Businessmen go from business to business and they try and generate whatever they generate. Oi. But but in terms of in terms of them, now the fan base is going in on them because they're saying they weren't strong enough to make the decision on Ollie and that they wanted Ollie gone. But somehow between Alex being on the board, Alex Ferguson obviously, and and Ed Woodward and Joel Glazer and the board that's there, they convinced them to give Ollie another three teams or three games, which was like a stay of execution, really, because the feeling at the moment is they didn't want to bring in the new manager to face down these matches because if it went skew ways, you might find the new managers under pressure straight away, under the cush straight away. So they said, let it go to the international break. Um, and the feeling is that after the City game, he will be relieved of his duties anyway, regardless of the results. What what you thinking on that? Is, is that the way he should be treated? Um. <sighs> It's it's kind of hard to say, isn't it? You know, like, and, and I suppose this is where this decision baffles me slightly. If he goes and wins the three games, where do we go then? Oh, like, you know what I mean? Are you then 
allowing the fans or the players or Ollie to believe, well, we're 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 on a roll again. You know, mm. we're only a couple of games away from being up there challenging again and getting those hopes up again. And yeah, do you know, like it's it's not a great it's not a great idea. I don't believe. Mm. Um, on the other hand, I completely understand why you might do something like that. Yeah, with the gains we have coming. Mm. You know, um, I completely understand that. That you know, if a new manager is going to come in and whoever it might be, um, if they have City and Spurs and Atlanta in their first and Chelsea only around the corner in their in their first kind of four to five games, what sort of a start can they can they have? And and if they mm. don't have that immediate impact, that's kind of necessary. Are they then staring down the barrel, you know, mm. and, and then we're back to square one again? So, again, that for mm. me is perfectly logical. That works. And yeah. um, I just now listen, I don't think we're going to be in for a problem because I believe we'll struggle in the next few games. Mm. And I think this will get further and further into the mire until that international window. It, it would where, be very, it'd be very interesting, wouldn't it? Let's suppose he went on a run. Let's say he won the next three games, and let's yeah. suppose by some mistake or whatever it is that Liverpool, City, and Chelsea started dropping points, and yeah. all of a sudden United were back in a title race. Yeah, the, I mean that would be like, like it's like that's 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 like slow playing two aces. Yeah, you know it's it's just a bad idea. Let everyone know what your cards are. Get them out on the table as quick as you can and roll from there because, you know, things can pop up and bite you on the arse when you don't mm. go about things the right way, you know. And, and I'd be I'd be fearful um, if he went on that type of a run because I think then that gives the board and maybe Sir Alex, who was a big backer mm. of his, um, if we're to be believed, if we're, if we believe it, we're you know what's coming out of Old Trafford. Mm. I think um, that would give them a little more say and say, you know what, listen, he's, he's turned it around and the players behind him and this and that. And mm. whereas if you cut the card now, maybe bring somebody in in the interim for the for the three or four games. That's what I personally would have done. Yeah, you know, and had my appointment made and said to him, listen, after City Tumpus you're coming in, you're riding in on your horse, mm. you know, the night to save the day, in you come, burr, 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 burr. fanfare, the whole shooting match, and mm. um, this is the great saviour, this is whoever we go for, and, and you know, we've been beaten by City, we've been beaten by Spurs, we're on the ropes in the Champions League, Liverpool have fucking roasted our nuts on an open fire here in, in Christmas season, like, this is here's your savior, and you sell it like that. That's what I would have done. Yeah, you know? I, I I suppose the problem, like I mean, if you wanted to make that change there and put in an interim, I mean, I suppose if you were taking Ollie out of the equation, the boys the boys at the coaching level probably have to go as well, don't they? They have to they have to shoulder this responsibility as well. So I suppose the the, the situation would normally be that Ollie would be taken out of the equation. And Michael Carrick would step up for three games, you know, similar to what happened with gigs. You know yes. what I mean? Um, but but 
I think what's come out, the, the poisonous of the coaching and all the rest of it as well, that's come yeah. out with the story as well, has led you into a situation that if Ollie goes through the door, he needs to bring the other boys with him on a leash um, that they're well, all going. I think there has to be a complete change. I think Mike Phelan yeah. has to go. Um, I think Kieran McKenna has to go. I think Michael Carrick has to go. I think it hasn't worked. I mean, something doesn't work. So you, you, you know, you don't say, "Well, I'm going to try a little bit of this again," because it didn't work. So let's just wipe the decks. Let's not push, push. Excuse me, coaching staff on a coach. Let's let's give our our next coach or our next manager Clean the absolute best that they can ask for, which is what they want. Yeah. Whoever it is, if they want ABC, we go get ABC. We back them. And we yeah. say, listen. This is what you want. This is what we get you. If that means we cut toys with all ex-players, be it Darren, Car- Darren Fletcher, who's in the background, mm. Michael Carrick, Kieran McKenna, Solskjaer, Mike Phelan, let them all go. Mm. Because it's been proved over the last couple of years that this thing of giving gig jobs to the boys almost, you know, this mm. hasn't worked at Old Trafford. This hasn't worked at Man United. Yeah. So let's just scratch that itch and get rid of them all and say, right, lads, listen, thanks very much for your service. You're all club legends. We love you all dearly. Here's a payoff. Take a seat. Don't let the door hit on the way up. Because again, there can't be any room for sentiment in this. Yeah. There can't be. Not at this stage. You know? Yeah. With 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 the way football has evolved um in the post Fergie era. Um, and we know how brilliant Alex Ferguson was, hands up, one of the greatest ever do, if not the greatest ever do. Um this this whole thing that people get caught up in, this united way. Is that is that still a thing, or should it still be a thing, or is it a case that that should be put to bed in the fair gear that it's now a different game, player power? You know, you can't walk into a dressing room now and loaf a build off a guy's head and split him open. You can't like these things just can't happen anymore. And and that united way, which was you know to win at all costs, to never say die, never stop running. A game was nearly a hundred minutes, not ninety minutes, and you always put in you know that whole desire to to make it happen and win at all costs no matter what and fairly driving those teams and all is that still a thing or is is that you know back in the fair gear and done and should united fans put that to bed and there's just a new way or a new united way that should develop well i mean i think you've got an opportunity to have both don't you really for, for my money I mean I look at certain teams and they would be exactly how you described hard working teams mm. play for 100 minutes not 90 high intensity want to score goals want to entertain fans that's what you would call the United way yeah mm. why are Liverpool playing yeah mm. right so, yeah. so so it's very attainable mm. you know it, it, like why are Ajax playing it for their mm. for their to you know, you know, 37 goals and two conceded. Yeah. Ajax are playing it. See, the, the thing... The, the, the thing, thing that, there are football teams hmm. playing it. Yeah. But here's the, here's the big difference. Any of the teams that are now playing it are playing under tactical coaches. Coaches, mm-hmm. coaches with a bit of nous and coaches who know mm. formations and know patterns of play and know, you know, and, and work like this. Not guys that are just shouting at blokes on a, on a Sunday in a dressing room and not blokes that are just, you know, 
kicking boots for the likes of it and stuff like that. That that mm. doesn't happen anymore at top level football. Yeah, it doesn't. It might happen in the lower leagues. It might happen in you know League One or League Two and stuff like that. You've seen the stuff with the the Salford boys. If you've watched mm. any of the documentaries, the two mm. lads that were in the army and two headbangers like that's mm. why they're not involved anymore. But now it's it, it's gone the way of tactical coaches and tactical coaches are going to win your football matches before a great leader who's going to say, go out there and mm. do it, lads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose it leads on to who you mentioned earlier, you have people in your mindset to come in, who you'd like to see to come in, your top three, if you like. Give give, give us your top three and reasons why. I suppose me, me top one is Brendan Rogers. Um, I think Rogers is a very good manager. Mm. Um, you know he's obviously proven at Leicester now as well. Uh, back down south after his little sabbatical up to to, to Celtic, you know, yeah. he's done very very well with Swansea. He's done very very well with Liverpool. Was kick of an arse away and win a league title with Liverpool, you know, mm. and did it with Celtic. Now again, he's he's doing it with um. He's doing it with um, Leicester. He's a good, good manager. Tactically, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he can build good squads and stuff like that. They mm. play a nice brand of football. So, Rogers for me, is, is is kind of top of the list because obviously he's got that Premier League experience, you know? And that's probably the edge you would have on on my other two, um, my other two picks, you know? Yeah. Give us, give us the other two. Yeah, so I think uh, Eric Den Haag, yeah, the Ajax manager is, you know, he's he's had Ajax in a Champions League semi-final. Um, he's now, again, rebuilding this Ajax team uh, with, with very little kind of money. You know, this is this is a lot of guys coming up through the youth. The brand of football they play is startling, really, really is. Um, they're so attacking, but but they do it in a, in a very controlled sort of a manner. Like, they've conceded two goals this season. You know, they score 37. Like, that's phenomenal. And mm. um, yeah, people say it's the Dutch league, but you've still got to have an idea and you still have got to have notions about how you want to do these things. Um, and I don't believe he gets the likes of Ajax to a, to a Champions League semi final. You know, I know they've got they had a great crop of young players at that stage. But again, he's going through it again and, and they're going to be a team to be avoided in the knockout stages, you know. And so unlucky not to make a final. So unlucky not to make a final that time as well when you think yeah. of madness of the end of that game with Spurs. Um, what about the call? At, what about the call at the moment? There's a call at the moment that that Conte seems Conte seems to be heavily involved in the conversation at the moment. A lot of press coming out of Italy over the last two days. Obviously, they'd be pushing their guy anyway. Um, Zidane has distanced himself from the move. I think Rogers had turned around and said that. He didn't seem to be interested in talking about it. He was happy where he was at Leicester and stuff like that. Now, that can all change, of course. But the Conte one is an interesting one insofar as um, when you had Jose there, there was success. Second in the league. I think he won it. Was it an FA Cup and a Europa League or something like that? Yeah. Um, so he brought trophies in. And that seems to be the overriding call when it comes to Oli that he can't seem to get that first trophy over the line which would help him maybe to potentially kick on and give him that little bit of credibility that he's won something. Um, yeah. And and I think I think the one thing about Conte is he will come in, and we know along that storyline with Jose, 
a lot of the times was matches were getting won and stuff like that. But a lot of people were going, sometimes these matches are unwatchable, even though we're winning them because of the style of the play. And of course, the United way used to come out and stuff like that. And, you know, when you break down the United way, it's about winning, isn't it? And about winning trophies at the end of the day. But if Conte goes in there, is he not similar in that way to Jose? Well, I'm actually just going to stop you in your tracks for a second because I've got the telly on the background here. And although you can't see it mm. or hear it, Barcelona have just sacked Ronald Koeman. Yeah? Yeah. Now, what that means is there's another big, big club on the lookout for a manager. Does this force United's hand? Because if there's a sniff of Conte going to Barcelona, mm. do United risk losing out on another top manager, shall we say? Yeah. Like they missed out on Pochettino, like they missed out on Guardiola, like they missed out on Klopp, do you know? Um, and you could also say Tuchel. And Tuchel. Mm. So so even as we're as we're discussing this. There's stuff breaking in the background that could have relevance to this story. Yeah, it influences the whole circle, really, doesn't it? The whole circle, absolutely, man. Um, I have I have heard a lot of the United fans talk about Conte, and to be honest, he's not in my top three. Hmm. Um, obviously, we've got Rogers and Ten Hag, and and the third one we'll go into in a minute if you'd like. But I think the only reason I I don't have Conte in my top three is is exactly what you've mentioned there, that pragmatic style. You know, um, those ground out 1-0 victories. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. We've often had a 1-0 victory at Old Trafford or away mm. from home that contributed to us winning a league title. And you'd say it's yeah. those 1-0 wins that win your league titles, right? And I get that. I get that. Mm. But but that was also happening on, on the backs of performance where we beat teams 2, 3, 4, 5 nil. You know, we were big, big scorers mm. under Alex Ferguson. Yeah. I, I always remember those one nils as well. They'd always be exciting as well. They wouldn't be like right. nils where like you just hang on to the ball to see it out. You, at Not times you'd be under the caution dollars and you'd have to see it out. And mm-hmm. and there'd be times when we might have had twenty or thirty shots. Yeah. You know, I, I remember a day one one Saturday afternoon when we were the live game on the three o'clock and we played Derby at um we played Derby away. And Jesus, I think we 20 odd shots and it was like crossbar, post, keeper, block, keeper, block. Keep, you know, when you're just thinking, are we ever going to score here? And in the inevitable 86, 87 minute, mm. we kind of sucked the ball into the goal as usual, as, mm. as would generally happen. And we went off and we won that game, maybe 1-0. And we might have even got another one in the injury time to make it 2-0. Mm. Um, but we had battered them. You know, so so that's not, that's not the pragmatic kind of style that Mm. That that Antonio Conte or Jose Mourinho was is um, synony- mm. synonymous with you know like Mourinho we were tuning up at home against teams and Mourinho was trying mm. to park the bus yeah and that's just not the Man United way mm. and and that's not that I don't believe good coaches want to do that anymore like if you look at the weekend and obviously we spoke about it earlier on on one of the other episodes you know Robertson was telling the Liverpool boys put these to the sword keep scoring keep scoring. You know, build confidence, get lads goals. Everybody always needs another goal. Everybody needs another assist. Everybody needs, you know what I mean? And and, yeah. and keep keep the wheel moving, so to mm. speak. Don't go 2-0 up and decide I'm going to take off two attackers and put on the Manu Matic and 
Scott McTominay and mm. go to a flat four in the middle here. And we're playing it up. Not Shower the ball. Up, yeah. Jesus Christ, lads, we're playing Burnley at home. Play with a bit of football, will you? Mm. Put a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth past them, you know, and then put the nails in their coffins when you're done. Mm. So, I mean, what's your feeling in terms of the next appointment? Are you are you looking for? I mean, they're obviously looking for a very high level tactical coach. And I use the word coach as well as manager because I think this was some of the flaw that was here. That one guy seen himself as a manager and he was disjointed and separate to what was the coaches. And I think I think the two go hand in hand. Um, and I think the guy that comes in, you're looking for a guy that comes in who's going to be very tactical aware and stuff like that at a very high level. But, here, you, but you also want to play a nice brand of football. Here's where my, here's where my third pick comes in. Yeah, so obviously we've got Rogers and we've got mm. Ten Hag, and and my third pick is actually Zidane. And um, I know a lot of United fans have kind of said, "Well, what's he done? You know, other than the Champions League, with maybe the Madrid side that we might have won one with." Um, and is he extremely tactical? Oh, maybe not. You know, mm. um, but. For me, I think we do need somebody that can kind of get control of that dressing room. And we do need somebody that that lads are going to go, do you know what, this fella's been there, done it, worn the T-shirt, bought the T-shirt, washed the fucking T-shirt, done everything, you know what I mean? Mm. And and somebody likes it and gets that respect, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, like if Paul Pog was having a bad game and Ollie decides to tell him, you know, Paul, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, let's do this, let's do that. There is an element where Pogba looks at him and goes, listen, pal, you've only ever played in the bench. Give us a break there, will you? Mm. Whereas if it's Zidane turns around and says, listen, Paul, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. There's a legitimate call for Pogba to go, this guy is one of the best of all time. I need to just shut my mouth and fucking listen here because I, can, I might learn something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do, I do think, I mean, ideally Zidane would be the guy to come in because he's, he's, he's managed these guys somewhat as well. So there's a bit of history there as well. But I did see, I've seen a, num- a number of United um, guys today from the fan base and they were questioning the credentials of Zidane. And I was there going, this guy won three Champions Leagues in a row. In a row. His managers out there never win a Champions League and they're world-class managers. You know, you mentioned Brendan Rodgers. You know what I mean? They've never won a Champions League. You know what I mean? This guy won three on the trot. Um, yeah. And the fact that he was an exceptional player and the fact that he was like, you know, he's steeped in glory and silverware and stuff like that and all. And I just think, yes, he would be the guy that would be strong enough to go in there. And he's a bit, you know, he's a bit crazy that you might believe that if anybody acts up, you know, during the game, that he might turn around and and have fireworks as well. Like you see him, he did to Matarazzi, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, I suppose you know I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to break it down in terms of I I think the feeling at the moment is Ollie's going to get the three games. It looks like that's being put out there that he's going to be there for the three games. Then they're going to line up some manager. They may have already lined up some manager, as you said. Now with Kuman being relieved of his duties at Barcelona. That puts a little spanner in the wheel as well there in terms of someone's going to have to make a decision proper quick about this. Um, but then I suppose if you look at it, for me, at the moment, I would think the United 
um, job is way more attractive than the Barcelona job. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the squad, it is, you know, but I suppose Barca are still a big draw, although they may have had to relinquish a lot of their financial prowess over the last year or so. Mm. They're, they're still a massive, massive club. And, and I think it's a platform for somebody as well, isn't it? You know, if you go in there with the with the shit show that's been going on, and if you, you go in, you're able to win something at that Barcelona. Maybe that puts you out there for an even bigger job. If there is bigger jobs, whether it's United, mm. whether it's PSG, whether it's Man City, Liverpool, you know, I think everybody's always looking at where their next move is going to be. And a lot of the top coaches only ever want to be in the top couple of clubs. Yeah. You know, you look at you look at the way Pep's gone from Barcelona to Bayern and then he's gone Bayern to City. He, you know, he's not rocking up at a at a team that are fifth or sixth in the league and you know. With a, with a squad that needs a rebuild, he's rocking up with these big teams, but he's getting the gig on the base of what he's done in his previous job. And everything you know? is and everything is timing. hundred percent. Everything is timing. Um yeah. so so somewhat so Bali for me then before we, we we finish up, obviously. I mean, we wanted to come on and discuss a few things. Um no doubt he put a smile from ear to ear on you in '99 when you when you sailed the treble. Absolutely amazing year. Um yeah, how, how do you feel about it now in terms of overall? I kind of feel like he's he's probably souring himself a little bit with the fans, you know? Mm. Um, because obviously we do have those memories in 99 and we've got all those great memories of coming him coming on and getting a goal here or pulling us out of a bleeding hole and getting us a victory here and there. So you've obviously got that attachment. And obviously we've had big, big results at United while he's been there. We beat City, we beat Liverpool, we've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten all the big teams. We we've um, we had to come back against PSG. You know, we've done some big things, but then you look at some of the games we've lost under them. You know, you look at the the, the big defeat on, on Sunday night and stuff like that. Mm. And then you look at, you know, some of the Champions League performances and you look at some of the some of the really poor performances that we've put in. Um, against teams and you just think you know he's got to be looking at this himself and thinking oh, I need to step out of this you know mm-hmm. um, but before it gets to a stage where I can come back here as a club legend you know I think if he if he goes soon enough here you know he probably protects himself a little more than if he stays for another six or seven games because after that you might not want to see him there again if, he's, if we go another three or four and beat and stuff like that yeah yeah, well, I suppose I suppose to sum it up, you know, when I think of it is, you know, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this thought and our viewers with this thought in terms of Ollie. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Um, and I just yeah. think, I think the Solskjaer, the Ollie error is definitely done. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta look at it for what it is. It's it's a combination of things that have led to this point that are not necessarily under his control, but he hasn't always done himself any favours either. Um, and I think it's a, it's a massive job for the next guy who comes in and the profile of the new guy has to really, really... I mean, the board has a massive job now in terms of who they appoint once he's gone. And as you well, said, you don't necessarily want to see a situation. You never want your team to lose, of course. No. But you don't want to end up back in a title race, and this continues till the next blip. 
but and you know I've, I've spoken to United fans recently and, and I've spoken to one he's a, he's a big United fan you know he's mm. he's a slightly older gentleman he said you know what he says I can't wait to see them lose so he's gone and I just thought well you know yeah. fr- when you're hoping your team gets beaten mm. just so you can see the end of something like mm. that says enough about the situation for me you know, I would never feel like that about United that I would prefer to see them beaten. Yeah. Um, I suppose what's going to happen is going to happen from my point of view. Mm. My, my job as a fan is to support the club. And 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 if on a Saturday afternoon it's Ollie and, and it's those set of players, then that's who I support. And, and mm. my support is unconditional, basically. Yeah. You know, Um. And, and next week, if it's a different set of players and if it's a different manager, I'll go and do the same again. Yeah. Um. My love is for Manchester United Football Club. Mm. You know, it's not necessarily for a given player or a given manager or, you know, as as and not to not to go back to him because we are trying to say that, you know, Ferguson here needs to maybe step away from this a little bit, um, to let let things breathe, you know, and mm. and 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 for. For us not to harp back on about the Fergie era and stuff like that, you know, because that's that's doing the club damage as well for my money, you know. I believe is a little bit more before my time, but I believe there was something similar when Samat stepped down that he was in the background and there was stuff yeah. going on here and he wanted to be involved in appointments yeah. and this and that. And you know, so it's very difficult. Um, and it does take a little bit of time after somebody like that steps down because mm. they've been figurehead of your whole club, like. That dinner lady's allegiances to that manager. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so does she even cook that put that pie as well as she can the next week when it's somebody else in the job? You just don't know because mm. you know there's attachment and there's emotion involved in this. Mm. Um, and that's not to say it's right or wrong not to support. You know, but it just it leads people down different routes. You know what I mean? Um, mm. they can be torn between doing what's right and doing what their heart tells them to do. Mm. Um. For me, I'm a United fan. I only want to see United do well. Um, if I thought right now, sitting here, that Ollie was the man for that, I'd be delighted. And does it mean any less to me? But if it's not Ollie, no, it won't mean any less to me. You know, if it's Zidane, if it's Brendan Rogers, if it's Eric Den Hag, if it's Antonio Conte, you know, if, if somebody's able to bring something back to Old Trafford, if someone's able to bring a trophy back, if someone's able to bring performances back, a bit of respect back, you know, and and get get the fans and the crowd back behind that team. I'll take anybody, you know, anyone who I who who is gonna go and and has the because you gotta have the ability for a job like that as well. Mm. And that's where I think you know Ollie wants to do the right thing. Ollie's trying to do the right thing. Mm. I think ultimately, Ollie's very underqualified for the job he's in at the minute. Yeah, you it's know, kind of, it's kind of trying to figure out what the right thing is at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, and I, and I keep, I, I would say this a lot to United fans, you know, um, when they talk about Ollie and when you're saying, you know, oh, we'll keep him or we won't keep him or we could do it with someone else, and you know, blah, blah, blah. There's 20 Premier League clubs right now, yeah? If if everyone, if any of those 20 teams sacked their manager in the morning, and and you know you didn't have Ollie in charge. Would he be in the shake up for any of those twenty jobs? Um, I'm I'm not too sure. I, I I think I think if you look at say, 
he might be in the shakeup if you looked at a you know a Norwich that went sour or a Burnley or something like that. But you're certainly not looking top fifteen now. Maybe the bottom five potentially he might be in the conversation. He may not get over the line, but he might be in the conversation now because it's a different expectation, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's it's it like it, it is, but it is, and and here's something that the likes of Norwich and Brentford and teams like this have proven. Um, you don't need to spend millions if you have a very, very good coach. Mm. So they would look at the system as differently. Yeah. United yeah. invest in players. Mm. Norwich and, and, and Brentford um, have invested in coaches Yeah, who, who are doing the right thing. So for my money, I don't think Ollie gets a look in at any of the 20 clubs tomorrow mm. if they're managers. And that's where I see the ridiculous side of this where you know, we've got this guy who's completely underqualified to manage any team in that league. And he's with one of the teams that are vying to be the top team one in the this best. league. Yeah, absolutely. That makes no sense. That's mm. mind-boggling, you know? But, that, that's, but that's, like, that's been the case from day one, though, isn't it? In what sense like that? Like that, that situation that you described there, when he went in first day on the job, yeah, that, 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 that situation, that statement that you've made there rings true from the first day he walked through the door there to manage the club. That's, it, that's it, not it, something new. Well, it's not necessarily something new, but I think in the two and a half years he's been there, we've learned a little more about him. You know? Mm. Um, because, I mean, everybody needs an opportunity in life. And all he got an opportunity. Mm. Now, the issue is he got an opportunity did not win it. You know? He yeah. didn't win a trophy. He didn't play brilliant football. He wasn't a tactical genius. If he had approved any of those things along the way in the last two and a half years, would he then be in the shake-up for one of those managerial jobs? Possibly and probably. Mm. But going on the performance that you know have had in the last two and a half years under him, would you say he, he, he did any of those three things? And I don't take away the fact that we finished second in the league last year. But again, I'm going to look back at the squad of players we have. Like, this isn't a tough sell to get that United team to second place based on the level of personnel and players they have, mm. you know? Um, There's a kind of a repeatability in the cycle, isn't there? Even within his own time there, I find. You know, when you look at a situation where, you know, he kind of like you know, shows a bit of promise. It's motoring along. You know, you're getting results. You're playing decent football. Then it falls on its arse, goes down a sort of a pathway, comes back around again, goes on a decent run, falls on its arse again. And it kind of, there's been a bit of a repeatability to his time there, hasn't there really, when you think about it? Yeah, there has. Um, And I suppose that's been a drain on United fans as well. You know, because again, people invest themselves in them. Yeah. Then they they get behind them, mm. and they say, "Right, Ollie's at the wheel. We have this." You know, mm. Ollie's here. Ollie's here. Yeah, he's doing right. He has this lad playing and this lad playing, and and then all of a sudden it stops, and and then you hear the yeah, he hasn't got a clue. Ah, nonsense. Doesn't know what he's doing. No tactics. You know, and you're like, well, which is it? Is it A or is it B? But I just think it's drained on fans, you know. It really, really has. 
and, mm. and like that, that, that kind of a vicious circle of almost, and it's repeated itself twice or three or four times at this stage mm. to the point where, you know, we're kind of thinking as from the United point of view, hearing United fans say, hopefully we lose. So he gets the sack. You're like, really? You want them to lose? I'm like, of all the things I want, United losing is certainly not one of them. And if that means someone keeps or loses their job, I still don't want them to lose. You know, that's yeah. that doesn't cross my mind. But but maybe there's an there's an element of desperation about this for some people. Yeah. Because they're so invested in in United doing well and, and United, you know, trying to win trophies and compete at the top table and stuff like that and get back onto get back onto winning ways and you know, like people invest themselves and all that and, and to see that the only way if you believe the only way you're going to do that is with someone else, you will almost go, you know what, maybe if he, maybe if we got thumped. There might have been fellas in that stadium on Sunday thinking, we lost 5-0 today, he'll get sacked and we'll be all right. But guess what? We did get thumped 5-0. Mm. He's still there and there's fucking nothing all right. So mm. be careful what you wish for. Yeah. No, no. You it's, know? A very, it's a very good point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd ever find myself in a position and I followed Liverpool now for a long time now. I've seen it through the dark days of the soonest managerial error and Roy you Hodgson. Make, and make like alone. Yeah, but I've seen it through those times as well when it got pretty dark and not just necessarily at his door, but you know what I mean? No. But I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever stared into a match and I thought, God, if we lose that match now, soonest would be gone or if we lose that match, Hodgson would be gone or whatever it is. I never felt that way, really. I, I always felt that, look, those things will work themselves out one way or another. But yeah. you always want your team to win, don't you? Yeah, and that's 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 exactly the way I would be. You know, those yeah. things will work themselves out. Ollie won't be there forever. Yeah. You know, he won't be. Because no. the greatest manager we've ever had, he wasn't there forever either. No. So so be it for you know, it's like a marriage almost, isn't it? For better or for worse. Mm. And 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 it's gonna end at some stage of the game for Ollie. And when it does we just have to hope that that the next one we have lined up is is a better is a better version of, of what we're looking for. Like I, I don't believe, like, you know, I would say if we talk about very quickly, we talk about the Barcelona thing here, um they're certainly not gonna go for Brendan Rogers. Mm. That's a fact. They're not gonna go for Zendin Zidane because he's just managed Real Madrid. So, of the four we've mentioned, three of my list plus Conte, there's two of those that are legitimate options for Barcelona. Mm. One being Conte and two being Eric Ten Hag at, at mm. Ajax. They're legitimate options for Barcelona. If they go for one of them, your options are they've diminished again, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Does, it, also, does, it also puts a lot of power in place in the guy that you're negotiating with. If you're negotiating with two or three people and two fall off the map and you're left with one, he's in a very powerful position then when he's talking to you across the table. He is, but, and again, for me, we shouldn't be talking to two or three people about this. Mm. You know, like, if, if the United board decide they're going for Brendan Rodgers, go for him. You know, walk mm. in the door of the King Power with the sta- stadium with the checkbook open mm. and go... How much? Yeah. Mm. 
well, his deal is four years long and it's costing us X, Y, and Z. There you go. Write the number down. Mm. Sign it. Take it away. You know, if that's who United perceive to be, the t- that's what we should do. We've done that for, for players. Mm. You know, we've done that to make sure Sancho wore a red jersey. We did that for Ronaldo. We did that for... Ver- Look at how quickly the Rafael Varane deal was done. When yeah. United so it found out he was available mm. and there was a there was a sniff he wanted to go to United. Yeah. How much do you want? 41 point something. Done. Do you want to argue about it? Nope. Gives them. Mm. Don't do that for a centre-back and then not do it for the bloke who tells the centre-back what to do. Yeah. Makes no sense. You know, that centre-back is is only as good or bad as, as the manager and the coach telling them what, what he wants them to do. Because if he doesn't fit into the system, if the tactics don't work, it's not going to come back onto the centre-back. It's going to come back onto the coach. Yeah. And this is and that goes back again. And, you know, I said it earlier on. I said it last week. I'll say it in three weeks' time. I'm going to be a worried man until Jurgen Klopp leaves Liverpool because he, for me, is the is the, is the the superstar at Liverpool. Not Salah, not Alisson, not Van Dijk. Because I think genuinely, and, and I, you know, I mean it with the utmost respect for the for the lads I've mentioned, because I think they're super footballers. I don't think there's a better footballer on the planet than Mohamed Salah at the minute, right? But what I will say is, if Salah left and 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 Klopp got somebody else in onto that right hand side, I don't know who it'll be. Who it might be somebody that like like Salah, you know, failed a little bit, but but Klopp said, you know what, I see something in him. I know what he can do. Brought him in, coached him, gave him confidence. Three, four years' time, you're looking at another one of the best in the world because that's what a coach does and that's what Man United are missing. Man United are missing that coach to coach players, to coach a team, to coach a set of tactics, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's where, that's where, you know, where I would see us falling down massively. That's where I see Liverpool and City absolutely miles ahead of the game and even Leicester with, with Brendan Rodgers in charge, you know? Mm. Yeah, the Leicester true. squad's a good squad. Is the squad that can compete with Liverpool and, and City? No, but you know why they can compete? Because of Brendan Rodgers. Mm. You know? Yeah, they may not be competitive at that level, but they'll be competitive on the day. Absolutely. And, and it just depends how it pans out. And if you're competitive on the day, you're giving yourself a half a chance. Whereas yeah, if you're absolutely. rocking up and you're already in dire straits, you're not competitive on the day and it's only going to go one way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, pleasure having you on because I know as a United fan, it's, it's, it's tough times. And look, I had many a year as a Liverpool fan going through this at time and time again at times changes yes. and stupid appointments and stupid player purchases and all sorts of rubbish and stuff, you know. But um I, go ahead. I had the, I had the two boys obviously in Old Trafford the other day, you know, mm. at the game, and uh, the little guy was a bit upset because obviously we got spanked. And I just said to him, you know what, kid, sometimes you have to go through these things. I said it's a little test you have to go through. And it's a test to see if you love this club as much as you need to to get mm. to those victories and to get to those wins, you know. Um, and if it means something to you, then you'll get there. But if you walk out of that stadium on Sunday having been tumped five nil, and 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 you can't taste fucking salt in your mouth, you're probably not in the right spot. No, true. Good call. You know. Well, listen. As always, a pleasure having you on, even on these tough ones at times. Dynamo yeah. Podcast Network on YouTube for the videos, Spotify for audio versions of the show. Let us know your comments. 
I can't say Ollie in or Ollie out because it's Ollie out, isn't it? All the way. I mean, it's a, it's 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 ninety nine point nine 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 percent at this stage that it's going to happen. It's Ollie out. Let me know if you think McGregor's a dope or not. Feel free to share. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I'll catch you next time. A pleasure chatting to you, bud. Take it easy, man.